Guess what, bitch? <laughs> Coronavirus! Coronavirus! Shit is real! Shit is getting real! Shit is real! As you just heard, shit is getting real. And the only three people that I could think of that could help get you through these tough times are me, Jimmy Baxter, and I'm joined by Nathan and our very own cantankerous whore, Scott McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gentlemen, how, how, how's the self-quarantining going? Should, should we be letting Scott in? in case, I don't want him to learn any like predictions, tactics that we might have. Like, I don't, It's kind of like, is he looking at our playbook right now? I, I don't need your playbook. All right. I got my own tactics. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. Says, says the team we destroyed at oh. Survivor Series. Hey, I was three on fucking two, okay? And we still came out sole survivors. All right? No, you, no it was you three. It was you guys with Reese against us two. We don't need no, no third. You guys needed a third last time. Yeah, and we, we overcame that handicap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would argue, but you know, <laughs> as far as quarantining goes, I mean, supermarkets in Scotland are running out of fruit and veg. I mean, if that's not a sign that the end is well and truly near, I don't know what is. Well, they're probably. I just figure you guys are probably just going to find a way to like ferment them and then drink them. I assumed <laughs> they were running out of other food, and they found the fruit and veg at the back, and they were like, "Oh <laughs> shit, just put that out." Yeah, <laughs> these idiots will buy anything at this point. These all the people that got there a bit too late when everything else good was there. Like the nearest thing you saw, like I don't know what this orangey brown thing is. I've never seen this before. On... <laughs> They're just selling balls now. What are these? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this mini basketball looking thing? Uh fuck it. We'll, we'll try uh, this. But we must uh, first. We must address obviously the the events that are happening in the world right now but jimmy you are you're more impacted than me and scott can be because you actually work in retail how, how you doing are you are you recording this from target i'm recording this from inside a zipped up medic hermetically sealed bubble uh the only thing that's in here the only thing that's in here is a microphone dangling from the top uh of the bubble and uh it's getting kind of lonely um i'm walking like 15 miles a day so that coronavirus exercise is really like working out for me i'm gonna look real like lean and mean going into the summer all right for the first time and i'm gonna i'm totally stealing this from bill burr but i agree with him 100 percent. for the first time in decades america is gonna come out looking lean we're gonna be looking fucking mean and everybody's gonna hit the beach and they're gonna be like Fuck yeah. And then there's going to be a baby boom and everybody's and then we're going to be the boomers. All right. And then we'll be able to say, like, that's our N word and nobody's going to be able to take that from us. OK, because that's what America is capable of, ladies and gentlemen, as you heard the patron saint of the United States of America, Cardi B, with her intro. <laughs> <laughs> it is getting real, boys. 
Shit, it's scary. <laughs> we can't go to the cinemas at the moment. Scott, uh, how's Iron Brew stocks? <laughs> they're, they're holding in there, you know. I mean, like you said, all this fruit and veg that's being sold, I mean, we could create some, some whole new different type of beverage when all the Iron Brew eventually runs out. To be real for a second, I had to buy, like, actually, usually I just buy the this is the toilet paper like just kind of whatever like the cheap one it's like a pound for like four rolls or whatever because it's only me i had to buy like main brand andrex because they didn't have like the cheap shit so i spent five pounds on toilet paper earlier that's 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 unacceptable no it is unacceptable like i bought two packets because i was like oh shit everyone's gonna buy this stuff uh but i had to buy like andrex we're not we, sponsored by Andrex. We had to have our security team set up roped like ropes at the either end of the paper aisles and had to like block people from running into the paper aisle. We were trying to bring a pallet of uh, paper towels or something out. People were tearing at it like they were zombies from The Walking Dead. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are out there hoarding toilet paper, I would like to remind you that this is a respiratory uh, illness. You're not going to shit your lungs out. Also, <laughs> fuck you. And yeah. Scott, if, you yeah. Hoard, if you hoard toilet paper, like, I bought two packets. So I've got, like, eight rolls at the minute. Like, so I'm feeling pretty wealthy for the first <laughs> time in my life. I've, no, I, I've never known what feeling rich is like. So that's something I've got from this coronavirus situation. So I now what, know what it feels like to be a millionaire. But uh, well, you know, if, you, if you've got, like, eight packets of toilet paper, like, eight packets of, like, six rolls or something, fuck you. And stop you, listening to our fucking podcast. Nathan, you said now you know what it feels like to rich. Now I'm just picturing you recording this podcast, sitting on a, a throne. I was just going to say that! <laughs> like the fr- instead of the throne of skulls, it's just <laughs> a throne of toilet paper. I'm here like, yeah, I've got, like, eight rolls. I've got, like, 80. My name <laughs> Is Nathan of Greenaway first of my name, ruler of my kingdom? <laughs> I just sit, I just sit on my balcony and just shout at peasants. <laughs> like, you just hear the people that are quarantined opening their windows to sing songs, and you're like, "Oi! I should shut the fuck up! The king is trying to nap." Yeah. <laughs> just wait till you all run out of toilet paper. <laughs> You'll come crawling to me. Like, but for for real, like, it's like all of a sudden 300 million people just decided, oh, I have IBS now, and I'm going <laughs> to... It's just, is you are right, it's that weird thing where all of us, there's a panic, and everyone's like, well, I'm probably going to need a shit more. <laughs> like, it's just this incredible weird thing, it's like the whole world had a bad Indian. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because, like, the event here that China is one of the... Uh... Well, one of the places where, where, it's, where it's worse, and everybody knew, everybody said they had a really bad Chinese, and then they've seen what the toilet's like the next day. Oh man, like I just don't understand it. I just don't get. Like I, I read this like essay about it like a couple of days ago, where it was like the connection between like uh, uh, an epidemic and a, and a mass psychosis, and then like you get to the the thing about uh, toilet paper. And it's just like some guy happened to be in a store somewhere and he needed to buy toilet paper and he always gets the big one. And some other guy was like, you know, I did hear about this fucking fake illness, but what if it's real? 
I think I'm going to stock up on toilet paper. So it's like monkey see, monkey do. And like the entire country did it. And then around the world, people were like, look at these fucking people fighting over toilet paper. Oh, shit. I don't want to get punched in the face for a four for a four pack of one ply. Let me go down there and start beating up old people for toilet paper because that's happened. And you know, do you guys um, are either of you two big fans of House? Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. the episode when he was on a plane and everyone got that like? placebo disease like one guy was actually sick but he wasn't that bad sick and then everyone else on the plane convinced themselves they were super real so they started getting like their brain started i think in the episode like their brain started presenting symptoms but it was like a placebo effect it wasn't a real illness yeah it kind of feels like that where there is a real illness out there like let's not pretend that coronavirus isn't very serious and it has unfortunately taken lives and loads of people but everyone else has convinced themselves that there's also this other thing that's going to happen to them yeah and i mean so everyone buys toilet paper yeah it's and it's, apparently for 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 the people that laugh at us all these years shouting out to the vegetarians out there everyone <laughs> keeps buying the fucking chickpeas there ain't no fucking tins of chickpeas you bastards out there buying all your dead animals for the rest of the year suddenly a pandemic comes around you're buying all my fucking tins of chickpeas well, yeah, you, you for having a one-dimensional fucking diet, then. It's not one-dimensional, Jimmy. There's many things you could do with it. Oh, uh, believe me, I'm a huge fan of chickpea and all the things that you can do with chickpea. When I yeah, was, when I was, when I was ranting and raving from my like gigantic hill of toilet paper about how great of a vegan I was for a year and a half, <laughs> while I was on my ivory tower handing down life lessons to all the sinners, uh, I used to love no, chickpea not, as well. It's not made of ivory. Jimmy, because that's that's elephant tusks. Uh, it's just well, no, it's paint. It's just, okay, it's paint. It's vegan. It's vegan ivory. Obviously, it is just made of like, you know, cucumber. See, this <laughs> is the kind of thing that happens when I'm not here. That's why that fucking elevation chamber pod went on as long as it did. No, I blame Jose Cuervo. Okay, first and foremost, I would like to formally blame Jose Cuervo. Uh, for uh, making that elimination chamber two hours and thirty minutes, but now you all, you all you motherfuckers who are quarantined are going to be pretty fucking happy that you have a two and a half hour fucking elimination chamber review. Yeah, who's all right. Jose, who's Jose Cuervo? Uh, it's a tequila company. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's no chickpea in it, so he obviously has no idea what the fuck it is. Yeah, it's a worm in it. Then drink it. <laughs> I mean. There are a lot of reasons why Nathan and I are nemesis, but find out he's a vegetarian. There's another one. There's another one to add, add to the list. Why? Why? What did I do? There's more meat for you. <laughs> also, yeah. what, what strikes me about this like mass panic that's going on is that like people are buying a shitload of like eggs and bread and stuff. That shit's gonna go bad in a week. Why mm -hmm. are you stocking up on yeah. shit? The people are gonna be throwing shit away right before they head back out to the store to buy more of the shit that they're just going to throw away. You know where there was loads of stuff in the shop earlier? Like, I knew I had this podcast to do tonight. I couldn't buy any chickpeas, so I had to dip into my secondary reserve, which is alcohol. <laughs> and um, loads of Prosecco. Oh, okay. I could, I could have had, like, ten bottles if I wanted. I only bought one. But loads of that. So wine drinkers, get out there. There's plenty. Yeah, thing... I think if you bought 10 balls, I don't think anyone would really judge you because the people working in hotels are just going to be happy to see a trolley that doesn't have like, 20 <laughs> packets of toilet paper. 
No, knowing me, they'd be like, oh, you're having a light night, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only got one podcast tonight, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this, would, this should last me through the night, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, see you tomorrow, guys. <laughs> Remember to call me when you get those chickpeas in. <laughs> so have you guys seen the movie Cats? No. God, no. You guys didn't watch that? No. No. I have, I have just that much of respect for myself. Well, Anything lower than that? No. Breaking news from the world of cats. And this is a tweet that was sent out earlier today. Well, actually, yeah, earlier earlier today, very early morning. This was at half four in the morning. But some people in the world might have wondered why there's a hashtag going around, which is hashtag release the butthole cut. <laughs> and it is for this reason. It is from at jack waz so at j-a-c-k-w-a-z a vfx producer friend of a friend was hired in november to finish some of the 400 effect shots in at cats movie his entire job was to remove cgi buttholes that had been inserted a few months before which means that somewhere out there there exists a butthole cut of cats. Somewhere hashtag, in his... <laughs> hashtag reinsert the butthole. No, release the butthole cut. No, but I'm making up another one. Okay, we have our own hashtag now. Guys, you have you two haven't seen cats. I have seen cats. And uh, by choice, I wanted to see. I knew I had to see it. It's quite something. <laughs> like I know that Jimmy is a is a fan of the of the 420 brother brother you need a lot of it to get through cats but i recommend a lot cats cleaned up at the razzies this year oh Uh, i saw that the other day they won they won best oh they won worst screenplay worst supporting actress worst supporting actor was james corden by the way which that means there is a god somewhere surprise Um, surprise everyone everyone acts shocked yeah and it, they cleaned up at the Razzies this year. So, you know, there is worst some picture, semblance. worst picture. Yep. Yep. The yep. whole night, the whole night, everything that they were nominated for, essentially, they got they won. being the only person who has seen cats at the uh, virtual table. There are no buttholes in cats for anyone that has looked at a cat as it turns around. There is a butthole. So but that person is claiming that they know that at some point, all the human mocap people, including the rather lovely to look at Taylor Swift, they put buttholes on them. I would like to correct one thing. Uh, Tadoff Switler is not lovely to look at. Oh, um, shut up, Jim. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so go continue. Continue with your cat's diatribe. Oh, no, full stop. That was it. Oh, full stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, just no, wanted, like... I just wanted everyone to be aware that that man is claiming that he is aware that a copy of Cats exists where they have CGI buttholes. They also had to CGI out Jason Derulo's penis. Well, I mean, (laughs) we've all got to do that at some point in our lives. It's like like he has to wrap it around his waist like a a belt, apparently. I I presume when you say Jason Derulo that you in fact mean Jason Derulo. Exactly, yes. Jason Derulo. I mean, Um, that guy. I was had to see, had to see Diu because people are like, "Why is this cat got two tails?" 
<laughs> and that pipe whacking. <laughs> but only at the tip. They're just moving around like just weird. The tip. <laughs> Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. That was uh, amazing. Uh, Idris Elba was in Cats. Hope you get get well soon. He has gone down with with the corona. But uh, Cats, incredible film, best film of all time. Uh, I know that we're going to do some kind of award ceremony at some point to celebrate our anniversary as a brand. Scott's in charge of that. But I just want to say now that there's no point doing best film because Cats wins. Uh, no. You haven't even seen it. Uh, I don't need to. I saw the trailer. I'm sorry. If they release, if they release a cut where every character has a butthole, you need to see it. <laughs> I mean, Cassie's going to have some strong competition this year. I mean, we did review the Oscar-nominated uh, Ready to Rumble this year, so strong competition for that category. Ready to, oh yeah, Ready to Rumble, <laughs> guys. I, I, I don't know if you've seen this yet or not, but I'm going to have to make a request that the two of you watch The Velocipaster. I. I'm pretty sure I sent everyone a picture of that poster not long ago. Have you seen but it? I've not seen it yet, it's but it incredible. looks incredible. It's incredible. I mean, it's me and the worst pile of shit I've ever seen, and it's incredible. Well, me and go ahead, go ahead. So, me and Ben from the Naked Men podcast keep meaning to do an episode which is all about a film that is very well titled which is called the man that, sh- that killed bigfoot and then hitler i've seen that movie it's awesome yeah so we keep hearing but the title is mental we've not got around to doing that episode because of time constraints which obviously probably aren't an issue at the minute uh because no one's allowed to leave the house so uh if that episode doesn't come up in the next couple of weeks then it's just pure laziness but, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, it sounds it sounds incredible. But cats, I feel like you know you know what I've realized from this conversation. I feel like telling you guys that there's a cut of an entire Hollywood movie that exists where every character has a CGI butthole hasn't surprised either of you two. No, yeah, it hasn't. Funny, no. but not surprising. Not surprising. Okay. Well, like n- no surprise. Like, not at all. Scott, I mean, if you had to rank your surprise on a scale of zero to unexpected window crash, where would you put your surprise? I'd say somewhere around a six, maybe, but I'm a bit distracted right now. I'm, I've looked up, I typed in the Velocipaster in a Google. It's pretty um, amazing, good, right? <laughs> good Lord, what the hell is this? He gets to he gets to China and you only know that it's China. Don't, don't, because... no, 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 no. I don't want any spoilers. No okay. Spoilers. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. I won't. Say I don't want to know. I don't want to know that he goes to China. There's, there's a picture of a dinosaur here for this movie. It looks like what the things may look like before they add the CGI and the face. <laughs> it looks better, but they just haven't added them yet because the dinosaur, an actual picture compared to how it looks on the poster, is just two completely different things. Well, they they made the movie for thirty six thousand dollars or something, which Jesus. they got, which they got from the writer and director's ex girlfriend's mother's friend randomly over the internet, and never saw the woman again. It's well, it's very on. interesting how this movie actually happened. What they got thirty six thousand dollars off of an ex girlfriend's mum who they never saw again. 
Yeah, she. Well, they never met her in the first place. Um, they. He was what? Dating, yeah. <laughs> he was dating this girl. He was dating this girl at the time, and he was over the house. Uh, this is from uh, an interview that the uh, writer, director, and the star did on a little show called Swings and Misses. Uh, get it wherever you get podcasts. Look up the Velocipaster interview. It's really great. The story is really funny. Uh, but essentially what happened was is he was dating this girl. He was over her uh, her house with her mother for dinner. And they were talking, and he had mentioned that he wanted to make this movie. And, of course, everybody knows somebody that makes movies and can get in you in touch with somebody big and blah, blah, blah. So he put a little packet together, and then he sent it off to this woman uh, whom he had never met. And then, like, three weeks later, he gets an email from the woman. The money's already been wired to your account. Uh, great, uh, Have a great day making the movie. Can't wait to see it. Never spoke to the woman again. Did you That's... probably saw it and realize what our money had went into? Like, I cannot be associated with this in any way. Well, no, apparently she read the script. Because, like, the script was in the little packet that he sent. And if you read that script, like, holy shit. Like... It's fantastic. It's just fantastic. I would have given him more money than they asked for just based on the pun title. Oh, yeah. Also, how they, how they figured 36000 was going to be enough for a film where they had to feature a dinosaur. Oh, they make sure to make, to, to make it known that it's not enough. <laughs> they, they have... This isn't really a spoiler, but like, there is a shot where a car explodes... And it cuts back to the character reacting to it. And then it cuts back again to where the car is supposed to be. And it's just an empty lot. And it says VXS, uh, en- enter VXS uh, flaming car. Uh, like hey. on the street. Shit. Oh, that's amateur stuff. Jimmy, t- today, at time of recording, it is the 18th of March. I promise you that by the 26th of March, there will be a podcast where the three of us review that movie. Excellent. Absolutely yeah. Excellent. Me and Scott will watch this movie. It's on Jim- Amazon Prime. Yeah, I'm not paying for it. Me <laughs> and Scott. <laughs> I mean, ne- neither did I, but like... <laughs> yeah, it's no right. yeah I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not paying for it. But, um, I'll find it. It's, it's fucking awful but in like the best fucking way <laughs> yeah so back to important business of this podcast i'm gonna move us along from Pasta. go watch that um only watch cats if they release the butthole edition scott you're super mad yeah because oh i didn't like the thing i was going to talk about but then thinking about it a bit more when i knew we we're going to be doing this podcast i knew wrestling was going to come up i just got saying like god like no one is Fully talking about just how truly bad this is. I want to talk about Stone Cold segment on Raw this week because it was the 16th of March, so it's 316 day and all that. Technically, over here it's 163 day, but you know, because that's just how dates work. But it's also the no, there being no crowd in the arena for Austin coming out to react when the glass like shatters that's bad enough, but like Austin just. He was clearly knackered when he got to the ring. He had these cue cards, which he then a couple of which he threw away before he'd read them. So I had to ask somebody, "Can you go get those cards for me?" Because he clearly hadn't memorized what he was there to talk about. Because I remember watching him come to the ring, and I'm like, 
like, why is he actually here? Like, are they given an actual reason as to why he's here other than it just happens to be the date happens to be three sixteen? Because we all know the real reason that he's there is to promote his whole his next broken skull sessions with the human embodiment of complaining, which is Bret Hart. Which I haven't no, watched yet. It was just three sixteen day, like uh, being someone that spends far too much time on Twitter and on the social medias, like 316 Day is always something that kind of transcends wrestling. So I will defend them a little bit. Like there's a lot of football or soccer for you Americans uh, who don't know how to speak English and uh, (laughs) (laughs) and don't know how feet work apparently. And uh, it is always a thing that people kind of go a bit nuts over. There's always tons of memes. So I can understand WWE capitalizing on that because it has been for years, especially in the social media age, 316 days been a thing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get that they were like, oh, shit, it actually falls on a Monday this time. Let's Mm -hmm. do something with that. So I will defend them slightly on that. He was so out of breath when he got to the ring, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean. I like the fact that he, he didn't know, he really had to rely on these cards to know what he was saying. And, you know, a lot of people talk about how overly scripted WWE is now. And the, the people who have used the example, like the 316 promo of how Austin basically came up with that off the top of his head, like, oh, you couldn't script something like that. And yet, a guy who came up with one of the most quoted lines, one of the most quoted promos in history, can't take a few more minutes backstage to memorize the stuff he's got on these wee cards before he goes out into an empty arena because there's not going to be that many distractions because you can take some time to learn your fucking lines and then Byron Saxton fucking suddenly has to rate everything he says for some reason. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. I didn't get that at all. That's a a well-established trait that Byron Saxton does all the time. As soon as he he got Byron got involved in the segment, I just started my brothers were watching like, Byron's getting stunned here, isn't he? Like, it was that obvious. And the fact it was so obvious, the more that they just dragged out this whole rating thing, just made it more unbearable. Like, oh, just get to the bit where you accidentally kick him right in the balls and then have to go on Twitter to apologise for kicking him right in the balls. And I must have watched that out. scene back, like, 14 times just to see him get kicked right in the balls. Because I didn't notice it at first, but he does kick him directly in the sack. Also, I know it's probably not his fault. I mean, he's done this a bunch of things. He's probably missed one or two. But literally, the very first beer that's thrown at him, he drops it. <laughs> which, I don't yeah. know why that's in the last little bit. And I then think... Becky comes out, which made it worse. Yeah, it wasn't great, right. Because I thought, uh... Byron, Byron gets back up. I thought, is Becky going to stun Byron? I thought that would have been cool. But then, no, Austin stuns him. And then Becky... Says that's what happens when the man and Stone Cold Steve Austin come around. Like Becky, you didn't do anything. <laughs> and plus, that line, that line just made this thing way less cool than it was, and it wasn't that cool to begin with. I think what this has really shown is there's two things that we've learned from these empty uh, kind of arena situation. They've got to do this, or they're 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 screwed basically they can't put on shows it's either empty arena or nothing is that there's two things that work bray wyatt on smackdown in an empty arena doing his his shtick at the minute is terrifying like Mm -hmm. that was weird 
him laughing while stood in the empty crowd area. Uh, it, it was weird. It was creepy. It was terrifying when he did his thing. Edge doing his promo on Raw and looking straight at the camera worked. But kind of comedy stuff doesn't work in an empty arena. Yeah, because SmackDown... Sorry. No, no, no. Go, go. SmackDown was great, like, as a whole. It was great. You had Triple H on commentary. Clearly didn't give a fuck. He just said whatever the hell he wanted. You had the Bray and Cena promo. You even had Miz and Morrison, like, doing their dirt sheet, which somehow worked in front of the empty arena. And then, like you said, Edge did his thing to start wrong. You thought, they can actually make this really work. And then from then on, Raw just died a very horrible... Yeah, death, like kind of crash that you drive by but you can't help look at. I mean, they showed the full men's Royal Rumble in the middle of Raw. It took up yeah. two thirds of the show. I know. I think but, they they obviously they're running on a skeleton crew at the minute, so I kind of get it. And they've still got fr- like r- SmackDown must be a boatload easier at the minute because you've got take out commercial take out sorry commercials. You've probably got an hour and 20 to an hour and 30 to fill. Whereas on mm-hmm. Raw, you've got to chuck an extra 60 minutes on the top of that. And you're running on a skeleton crew. Uh, so I do kind of, I don't mean to just sound like someone is just going to defend, but I kind of get it in a way. But I think there was better choice. If it's free 16 day, mm-hmm. why not show Stone, Stone Cold stuff? Why not cut? in between all your live segments from the arena, Stone Cold shit. Like, you could have shown Stone Cold v. Bret Hart with the WrestleMania... What's the one with Ken Shamrock? 13? Yeah, mm-hmm. 13, yeah. 13, you could have shown WrestleMania 13. With Stone Cold, you could have shown Stone Cold HBK at WrestleMania 14, that must have been. You could have then shown Stone Cold WrestleMania... Uh, 17 or you could have shown his retirement match and he could have cut that in between live segments maybe that just like it sounds like a good idea on paper i don't know how practical that is but and then that could have been a a, you could have flogged the wwe network by that you could be like hey see more of this old shit on the wwe network for a 30 day free trial for an undisclosed price like why does it need to be fire when they get done i mean it seems like weird that they had commentators at all because there were barely anything happening in the arena because they kept showing recaps. I and think... Um, like, why don't bring out Reddit Moss, let him get stunned? I think the answer have... to that is, to go practical, is that they can only have... You can only have 50 people gather at a moment. So take out production staff, how many people are left? And I think that's what people... Um, I don't mean to sound like I don't know for definite, but that's what they've said is that 50 people can gather at a maximum. Take out production staff. You also have to take that out of talent. Like mm. people think, oh, why can't they just do tons and tons of live matches in an empty arena? Well, they they can only bring 50. They can only have 50 people. You've got to take out all the production staff from that. You've got to take presumably from what we gather about. Uh, who Vince McMahon is, Vince McMahon's there, which means all his right-hand people are going to be there. You've then got to take out all the people setting up the arena, all the people on the camera. How much talent does that leave that they can actually have? Maybe 10? I'm putting that number out of absolute thin air. um, But how much talent can they actually have at the arena? 
Yeah, I get that. And then the one live match they did have was over in about a few minutes. We'd seen a bunch of times, and we had Asuka on commentary. Can someone explain to me why Asuka being on commentary was funny? Because, because it was fucking hilarious. Because everyone's like, oh, like Asuka just yelling on commentary, and Japanese like, oh, how funny was that? Like, she's just speaking, I think it's... she's just speaking her native language. How is that funny? I think it was more just because like they just every time she would say something, they'd go. Yep, that's exactly right. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's because of the way she over. Uh, I don't know the word to use. Over, over speaks. That's not really a phrase. Over, she like over exaggerated what she was saying. And... That's what I'm looking for. Over exaggerate. She always does the hand motions. It's like when she was in the chamber waiting for Shayna, as she was like blowing the kisses, doing the dance, saying her shit in Japanese and everything. And uh, it's just the way that she like. I'm looking for a word, but she's very over the top. Um, what word am I looking for, guys? Couldn't couldn't help you. But she like she's very exuberant. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Very exuberant, and with the face paint on as well. In, in full gear with the fucking yeah. green face paint on, just fucking rolling her R's and yelling at the top of her lungs, fucking. <laughs> And fucking Jerry's just like, welcome to the table. Okay. Yeah. Jimmy, you, you can't say that. Everyone in Japan's super upset now. Oh, well, you know, give it a couple more weeks. There won't be many people left over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I ended up muting the television during Ray versus Andrade, where I saw it was, because, like, I cannot listen to this. Like, I just, like, I don't really seem like I'm just shitting on everything here, but, like, I oh, you actually you actually didn't find her funny? No, I, I, I like the idea of letting Askin the Kabuki Warriors just talk, cut promos in Japanese because, to be honest, oh, English isn't their first language, so let them do that. But like, I just didn't see why this hard to be on comedy randomly shouting and bawling in Japanese about Andrade and then the king of that, like, he understands her. Oh, like, I thought she was hilarious. I thought she was amazing. But what I didn't get is, like, what storyline purpose was... It's not like she's feuding with Zelina Vega. Yeah, see, that's... I think you got to throw... Um, sorry, Scott, you go. No, like, I was just screaming. Like, I didn't get why she was even there in the first place for this match. I think at the moment, uh, you've kind of got to put storylines to one side. So I am coming from a very, like... I'm kind of just happy they're putting on shows kind of mindset at the moment. Whereas there's a lot of people on Twitter who are, there's a lot of people on Twitter that aren't like you guys, where you're like, hey, well, this doesn't make storyline sense, but I'm happy to watch it, which you guys quite clearly are. But like, uh, there's also a lot of people on Twitter who are like, oh, they should just be postponing everything. And you're just like, no, mm-hmm. fuck that. They're, put, fuck they're, that. Putting, they're putting shows on in potentially the, would we call this the outside of the steroid trial? This is the most, and also WrestleMania one, where Vince literally, uh, if the room, if the rumors and the stories to be believed, literally bet the entire company on WrestleMania one. This is the most difficult scenario they've ever been in. Probably, and, yeah, uh, yeah, potentially. Like they're still putting on shit for you guys to watch, and like if you don't like Raw viewership was up on Monday, and uh, if despite them being in an empty arena more people were watching uh so yeah it makes no storyline sense but also fuck it it was fun 
And to be clear, like I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of loved the Steve Austin segment. Like he comes out, he's obviously hammered. He goes to drink the thing, takes a flat back bump, and then he goes to do the "Can I get a hell yeah?" And the camera <laughs> cuts to five rows of empty chairs. That was and hilarious. I <laughs> nearly, I nearly fell off my bed laughing. That was hilarious. It's so there's a meme going around that's like, so when did WWE suddenly turn into the Eric Andre show? Because I'm starting to I'm starting to get back into it. And if they do, <laughs> if they keep doing weird shit like this, and like the weird camera angles they had for like Austin's reactions to seeing Byron give him grades on things, which don't get me wrong, doesn't make any fucking sense. But I just spent ten minutes on this podcast before like hyping up a horrible fucking movie that I want my friends to watch. You know, so I'm totally into like this, like lo-fi WWE. No, like they should do this like once a year. Just make a fucking really off the wall sort of like batty fucking empty arena show. And because I find them fun. It was this episode of Raw wasn't nearly as entertaining as SmackDown was because let's face it, Triple H made that show. Excuse me, made that show with uh with Mojo going out there and like assaulting Michael Cole. And then he did his makeup and like all the little quips uh, that he had while he was out on commentary. And it was just, I uh, just, uh, these empty arena shows are really landing for me. The only thing I'm not particularly looking forward to is like a five hour WrestleMania out of this thing. Cause I, unless you do like some really fun 24 seven stuff on WrestleMania at the empty arena, uh, WrestleMania might be a chore. I mean, I'm still going to watch it because I'm really into these empty arena shows, but I don't know. Yeah. In, for, for it all, WrestleMania was what I say about this match and thing about Mojo. Easily that segment with him, Triple H and Cole, was easily the best thing he's done in his entire WWE career. And I'm that saying that as somebody who... That suit was the best thing he's done in his WWE career when he was out there. I'm saying this is somebody who... Mojo Rawley has been for quite a while being my least favourite person on the entire WWE roster. Even since his days in NXT, I've hated him. But this is probably easily the best thing he's done. But, yeah, as regards to Mania, like, originally I was meant to be going out with my friends to the pub to watch with me because I wanted to be amongst a big group of people for Drew beating Brock. And then I think it looked like the, the pub that we were going to was cancelled the, the whole event. And... If, as if WrestleMania goes ahead on April 5th, like, we were all joking, like, when we heard that this was happening in the performance, like, so there's going to be more people in the pub we're watching, and there's going to be more people in our booth than actually in the building where WrestleMania is being held. Yeah. Just, they... just, to, let, just to let you guys know, I've just uh, tweeted Brendan Steer, the director of Velocipasta, to ask if he <laughs> wants to come on the podcast. <laughs> From your yes. Twitter or the Rogue Opinions Twitter? Rogue Opinions Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> so we'll let you know if he replies during the recording. Oh, if he did, that'd be amazing. Sorry, Scott, what was your question? No, I wasn't saying it, I was just like, I was joking about the fact that originally I was maybe going out to the pub for WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. I don't like the idea that there'd be more people in the booth that we'd booked to watch Mania and then there would be in the actual building where Mania is being held, which is just a bizarre thing. 
that is a weird thing like it's quite a controversial thing that has seen to be fair in my opinion it's seen some of the worst of just clickbait fandom of just people massively overreacting but there is the thing where it's like wrestlemania being in an empty arena but then there's also the rumors that they're hunting a date for madison square garden uh that's I've heard that's uh, bullshit. I've heard that there's like no yeah. actual like evidence to support that's what they're doing. I know they've they've got a great uh, relationship with Madison Square Garden, and I'm sure they could work out a date. But and then there's also all the people like we'll get off wrestling and we'll get off all the serious chat in a second and onto the usual horse shit. But then it's also the people that are just moaning about how WWE, oh, they're doing things for the insurance money. And I even messaged to the main group at one point. Um, what what do people think insurance is for? Like, I don't understand the complaints of people being like, oh, WWE, they're just doing, they're just changing dates. They're doing this for the insurance money. That's literally what insurance is designed. Situations like this is why you get insurance. Like when you bump, you don't have insurance because you have a very nice drive in your car for half an hour and you make it. You have insurance because some shit happens. So what? Why? Why are people angry? A lot of people on Twitter, particularly, and they're pro- they're probably not actually angry. I realise they're probably just doing it for attention. But like, why are people angry at WWE potentially claiming on insurance because they're multi, not just multi-million, tens of millions of dollars, potentially hundreds of millions of dollars, are tied up in WrestleMania? Why are people angry at them for potentially claiming on that? It just seems like it. sometimes it just seems like sometimes people need like a reason for something. People need a scapegoat. People need to be able to say, you know, like, oh well, the, of course the big corporation is doing this thing because it's all about money. It's like, yeah, well, smaller companies probably would have done it too. Like, look at uh, Brett Lauderdale, who was uh, who runs GCW. GCW was going to present, I don't know, fucking forty shows WrestleMania week. Brett Lauderdale might be out of business. Like the guy who yeah. runs WrestleCon might have to sell his house. Oh no! Oh, yeah. um, the uh, the update from that is that you saw take it, Jimmy. You saw the Marriott deal. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what. Yeah, they've, yeah. Uh, they've uh, Marriott have he doesn't have to pay that. Oh, good. So they they did sort of back down to public pressure. Yeah, because I saw like a lot of like WWE wrestlers and AEW wrestlers and like a lot of like indie wrestlers were talking about how like this is bullshit. They shouldn't do this to him. Like it's not his fucking fault. Like they shouldn't expect. Yeah. See, that's, and that's the difference that I'm talking about here. Like WWE is really only trying to make sure that they lose the least amount of money on their biggest day of the year. And Marriott was just being a, a colossal piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the same thing where people were tweeting about, WWE, I don't mean, I probably do sound like I'm just a massive WWE defender at the minute, but I do, it's it's WrestleMania week. It's literally when people say, oh, it's everyone's biggest payday of the year outside. It's also WWE's biggest payday of the year. It's also and, whatever uh, city, it's also whatever city they're in. It's yeah. sort of like their biggest pay, like they, they were, they were going to have like over a million people coming in down there, going to all of these hundred and I think it was 125 shows or something. Yeah. 
there was going to be so much money funneled into Florida and the Tampa area. Yeah, it's just that insane. Eric Bischoff this week on 83 Weeks was talking about this when Comrade asked him about it, and he's and he was on about how the city of Tampa, their government didn't cancel WrestleMania. WWE had to had to make the decision. Um, they had to be the ones saying, okay, it's going to happen at the Performance Center. And Eric Bischoff would think there are hundreds of millions of dollars coming into those local businesses. No one wanted to be the governor. No one wanted to be the politician that pulled the plug. Because although it was the right decision to make, it also killed their political careers. Because everyone would know them as the person who said, no, WrestleMania is not coming. Mm-hmm. Which... In hindsight, you go, okay, that makes it doesn't make sense because it's the right decision to make. But in political terms, in the fact, in the climate we live in, in politics, that makes complete sense. Is that they don't want to be the person that's forever known in the local community as the person that said no to WrestleMania uh, because hundreds of millions of dollars were flooding to the city. So WWE had to eventually they had to be the ones to cave and say, okay, it's happening at a performance center in Orlando, Florida. Well, that was even that was even like sorry to cut you off, but like that's even like a week ago. This entire situation was entirely different. They had a meeting last week with Vince McMahon that they were they were like, all right, let's wait another week and see what happens. Now we're in such a place where you can't have gatherings of more than 50 people. My town shuts down at 730, o'clock every single night. After 8 o'clock, none of the shops are open. No one's allowed to drive around because you will get pulled over unless you're doing Uber Eats or you're doing like like you have to be out on the road and it's going to get worse and even a week ago they were able to say like let's see what the decision WWE makes and it's true yeah that that it does destroy their political career a little bit but that was that world and this is a week later and we're in a totally different sort of landscape now so i get where Eric Bischoff is coming from but i think that at the end of the day it was a decision that had to be made and you know that that's just the way that it is. I get like the different like sides. This like part of me is like why I get why people are annoyed because it's the biggest event like, of the year. We're almost like the spectacle of it, and like W presents it in that way. And uh, like people have said, like if this was any other time of the year, like if we were approaching like money in the bank or backlash, we wouldn't be discussing like in the weeks leading up to it. It's just gonna get cancelled. We'd be like. Like they they've cancelled it immediately. The fact that it's WrestleMania, and you know there's a little bit of Vince that think like I I beat a trial from the federal government. I can beat the coronavirus. You know, in his head, there's a little bit of him that thinks he could possibly beat this. Uh, and there's also a little bit of me that weirdly would want to see what WrestleMania looks like in front of no fans. The idea of it being in the performance center. I mean. I was holding out hope for that whole Madison Square Garden room, but now, Jimmy, you said that it's probably bullshit, which is a shame. And I've heard that they're talking about moving the, uh, according to uh, the British Bulldog's daughter, talking about them moving a, the Hall of Fame a SummerSlam weekend. Yeah, I think I think the moving the Hall of Fame thing is a, is a smart decision. Like, why not? Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully this will all be, fingers touch wood, uh, this will all be I am on a wood table, by the way. But uh, this will all be uh, over by SummerSlam time. Uh, that would be amazing. So, yeah, why not? It's the second biggest 
Uh, is it the second bit? Would you say SummerSlam's ahead of WrestleMania? Uh, not WrestleMania, Royal Rumble? Yeah. I say, I say part of me would put Royal Rumble above that because it leads into WrestleMania, but I think we don't even present it, I think, because after WrestleMania, things go dead for a while. And then you know, it wraps yeah. it back up again because they're building the SummerSlam. You know, we've done, we done a lot of somber shit. We're meant to be cheering people up. It sucks that WrestleMania is potentially going to be at the PC, might be at Madison Square Garden. Uh, they, Vince WWE and Tampa Bay governors played chicken for a bit. Who was going to pull the plug? Who not? It's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. According to Forbes, it's one of the uh, top five biggest wrestlemania is one of the top five biggest events of the year in terms of revenue amazing shit but instead of that let's rank them royal rumble survivor series wrestlemania SummerSlam, permanent order scott you first from uh, from least um from least prestigious to most prestigious uh, actually wrestlemania is obviously most prestigious so just rank the other three uh i think i'd go from least Survivor Series, uh, SummerSlam, then Royal Rumble, and then obviously WrestleMania. Personally, says Jimmy. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with uh, Scott, and I, let me let me explain why. Because for the entirety of the early 2000s, Survivor Series was essentially a dead, like a dying brand. Um, SummerSlam has always been sort of like the secondary sort of uh, big, big show of the year. But then, of course, there's wrestling, there's a Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble, as Scott said earlier, it directly feeds into WrestleMania uh, because of the Royal Rumble match. And even a bad Rumble is a good Rumble, you know? So that I, I think I'm going to have to agree with Scott 100%. Okay, sorry. Just uh, don't want to feel like I'm interrupting here, but you may want to check the group chat. I shared uh, something. You know how... I was going to originally ask if you thought maybe they'd add any more matches considering that WrestleMania is not going to be in front of anybody. And then you should see the tweet that WWE just put out about oh. WrestleMania. Holy So Okay, shit. so for our listeners, the picture that Scott just sent us is a tweet from WWE saying, Breaking, WrestleMania 36 is now set for a historic two-night presentation on the WWE Network with former New England Patriots, Rob Gronkowski hosting the show of shows at 7 p.m., 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific on Saturday, April 4th, and Sunday, April 5th. Well, talking talk about making Saturday that chicken shit. Yeah, no. Now it, it like... makes sense why Takeover was taken down too, because now those matches may just be on WrestleMania Night One. Yeah, I just think they already had eight matches, and I was going to say. Like, I, thought, I didn't know if they were going to add any more. I think now like they are going to add more matches, but they just don't want the same length of arena they would have in front of a full crowd in front of an empty arena, which is why they're splitting it in two halves. But I think the good thing about this is maybe if they main event the second night with Drew Brock, that maybe means Rhea Ripley v. Charlotte can main event night one. Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, potentially, definitely. Like, uh, like there's, there's a ton they can do with that i think that's that's a that's a smart decision uh, decision to make uh just on this is just um literally i didn't know this happened until scott just said it was happening so this isn't fake for a podcast or anything my instinct is that's a smart decision mm-hmm. to make i like the fact that they've made that they're obviously committing are they committing to it 
being at the performance center then? Yeah, I think I, I clicked. I looked up the tweet while we were talking, then clicked on the article. The article still says uh, that it will emanate from the performance center. I only saw this while, like you asked me that question about ranking the big four, and because I got an occasion, it was shared in a different group chat. And I thought, yeah. well, we're recording about but the I've, update about WrestleMania being moved to the performance center. We have to talk about this. They're obviously committing to it being at the PC. Good decision. Why not? Get Rob Gronkowski. He's obviously, he's not in the UK, the star that he probably is in the US that Jimmy can give us probably more of an insight on. Uh, but that's a, that's a smart decision. Mm. Uh, why not? They've got tons of matches. Make it two, two and a half to three hour shows rather than one six hour show in front of no audience. And why not? Let the guys go out there. Good. I, I like that. That's a good decision. They're committing yeah. to something. And they're going to take a... Let's not pretend the WWE isn't going to make a gigantic loss on this event. They're going to take a hit beyond any number that we will ever see in our lives. They're going to take a gigantic smack money-wise on this. But they're still going to put on two three-hour shows for us. So, fuck it. Go for it. And I think that uh, with Rob Rob Gronkowski... I always fuck up saying his name. uh, But with him hosting... Uh, I think that'll be a fun... Sorry, is it, cut your, is it Rob or Rob? Rob, Rob Gronkowski. Oh, Robert said, Gronkowski. Oh, if we said Ron for a second there. Sorry. No, no, no. R- Rob Gronkowski. With him hosting, I think that'll be a good introduction for him to the WWE audience. Because um, it's not exactly... I don't think it's been specified that he's going to be either an in-ring talent or like a more of a broadcaster. Um, so with him doing this hosting duty for two nights, it'll be interesting to see like, cause uh, Rob Gronkowski has a very like infectious sort of like, like aura about himself. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen like interviews and stuff with him, but he's like a frat guy, you know, he's, he's just like a, like a bro, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I don't, I, I think that it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. I think that this two-night uh, sort of experience will be uh, different and it'll be welcoming uh, to people who were looking forward to setting down for WrestleMania weekend uh, and almost didn't get it. You know, So mm-hmm. I, I think that it's, it's going to be refreshing and hopefully they, they do something fun with it. Yeah, because we were talking about the whole Madison Square Garden thing. So yeah, fair fucks them for recommending to this. Like, if you're going to do this, then just, you're going to do it in the PC, then just, like, like you said, just go all in with it. And I like the idea of it being two nights, because people in the last year or so have been saying, like, it's only a matter of time before Derry does a two-day WrestleMania, because it's getting longer and longer every year, and more and more matches than just one night. It's, it just, it's weird that these are the circumstances in which we finally get it. But to be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if both nights were still, like, four about hours long, because they just keep adding matches. My brother made a joke the other day about like how to solve the fact nobody being in the crowd, and um, because people were wondering if they can do the battle royals because of the limit to how many people can be gathered at once. And my brother joked about have the men's and women's battle royal, and then once the battle royal is done, just have all the competitors just go sit in the crowd. Yeah, right. Anybody who loses the battle royal, the battle royals have to just go sit in the crowd, but they all have to sit sit six feet away from each other. Uh, because yeah. of social distancing. Yeah, like, the military fire all get thrown out, they all just then hop the barricade, take a front row seat, feet up on the barricade, 
taking a piss by booing Roman when he comes out. That would be hilarious if they did that. I would love to see that. I would love to see something like that happen. You still do the battle Royals and stuff, but then you have the losers all go out into the crowd. I think that would be fantastic. So you, <laughs> your punishment is to sit there for two days and sit through what would have been an empty arena match, but now is a, uh, uh, very uh, like they do this on indie shows sometimes where like the guys will just sit in the crowd and the whole crowd will be made up of uh, independent wrestlers, uh, which is uh, what we did over on uh, the YouTube channel where we did our, our wrestling special Roaring Twenties. We had all these uh, wrestlers just sitting in the crowd and they were the ones listening to wrestlers do like fan shit in the audience is probably one of the funniest things because they come up with the most intricate like sort of chants and like they, they they bust balls about somebody's character but like they understand it so it's it's a very complicated sort of thing but it's it's really really fun and i think that would be cool i know they're not going to do it but it would be fun to see yeah i, I had one of those experiences one time because it was one time i think it was 2012 this is when like the uk indie boom was just about to start uh, i went to this local indie show and there was barely anybody in the crowd like, they'd be lucky there was more than 20 people there. And then at one point during the second half of the show, some of the wrestlers that had already had their match came and sat in the crowd ringside. I think there may have been more guys that were actually on the show in the crowd at one point than actual fans. So then the guys just started chanting like and taking the piss out of each other. Like, yeah, there's wrestler Jackie Polo in the main event. And a group of the wrestlers all just started chanting, Jackie! Jackie! <laughs> And the crowd eventually joined in and it made it a better experience. But like, like you said, it's nice when wrestlers do like uh, join in and act like fans for a bit. Yeah, that is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's because they know what buttons to press. You mm-hmm. know, they know they know what kind of reaction they would want to hear in the ring. So it's a very uh, interesting perspective to get that um, when they're in the audience. Like they, even like little things where when we were doing the tapings for the Roaring Twenties. Uh, some of the guys would be out in the audience. Somebody would do something, and the way that they would just go, "Nah, dude, you fucking suck," uh, or something like that. Like the way that they would just at the right exact time, or the way somebody would get like, like, like so, the way somebody would cheer, the way that they would boo, or if it's like some like a holy shit chant broke out, like it just felt. It, you could feel the difference in it. I, I don't know if maybe I'm just like too close to it or whatever, but to me, it it felt like. You know, there was like that different perspective uh, there. Yeah, I think the person who should be more worried about this being the performance center in front of like possibly no crowd is probably John Cena, because he gets a lot of shit for calling his spots when there's still a lot of people in the crowd. But now that there's going to be nobody there, it's just going to echo around the building. (laughs) (laughs) Question: Do we think that they bring back the red light? for the Fiend match at WrestleMania now that it's in this smaller building. No. Mm, no. 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 Just popped in no. My head. no, because then I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have good eyes, and the red light means I can't see unless I go find my glasses, and I couldn't tell you where they are right now. So. Well... That's the thing, though, is that it would be impossible to even watch that match for you because, as everyone knows, you can't see John Cena. 
I was oh. like, the exact same thing. I, I knew, I knew the second he said I couldn't see it. I was like, there's a joke in there somewhere. Yeah, there there's is. There's a joke in there somewhere. It, it doubles it up because I can't see the match. And then I put on my glasses and I can't see the opponent. Yeah. So. I, was, I remember when they announced me it was going to be the 4-3 initially. I thought they're going to be take over there as well, and just as well they didn't because you know I think how loud Mario and is on commentary, but how off-putting would it be? There's no crowd in the area. Oh the ring, and the only thing you can hear, you try to work out what your next spot is. You go to the top, and all you can hear is Mario Ronaldo screaming at the top of his lungs. I actually have a question for you, Jimmy. Uh huh. You've commentated on a lot of matches for a lot of now very famous wrestlers uh, or grapple people or sports entertainers, whatever they want to go by, who has had the most aura about them? From a, I'm talking about just from a live setting. Um, obviously, you've done commentary from, as in watching matches and then doing the commentary from your own home. But who has had the most aura uh, or star power about them? Um, I'm going to have to say that it's... There's a couple of guys, um, but uh, obviously Nick Gage is up there. Like, I know I know Nick uh, personally a little bit. I've hung out with him and stuff. He's a great guy. But when he comes through that curtain, he's fucking frightening. He's yeah. he's he's a he's a mental patient when he comes out. Homicide's another one of those guys that like you sort of feel the danger when he yeah. walks into a room, uh, when he's you know ready to perform and whatnot. Dan Moff. Uh, is another guy. Uh, there's there's a bunch of them. Um, Meadowlands Monster, depend you know, despite the differences that him and I have on a regular basis, uh, he's he's a scary fucking dude. Like he's a big, tall, mean, like guy. He's he, he could hurt you if you wanted to, you know. And like you get that feeling when he walks out. Uh, I mean, there's there's a whole there's a whole bunch of them. Um, but as far as like guys who don't make me shit my pants, uh, like. Just guys that are like fun. Uh, whenever Hot Dog Starks comes out, like it's you feel like it's a party. Uh, Pinky Sanchez, whenever he walks out, like you, it's like a rock concert just started. Um, I mean, there's there's a bunch of them out there that are uh, that are really really cool. And uh, Casanova Valentine is another one. I mean, it's just there's, the more I think about it, the more names I'll be able to come up with. <laughs> wow. Cool. So everyone go check out all the names and also go check out Monday Morning Magic as well. Available every Monday. Our own Jimmy, whose voice you just heard, is on it. But guys, I have the most important question that any, and this isn't meant to sexist, but any man will be asked in their life. And this isn't a Manscape advert. And this isn't a Blue Chew advert either. But do let us know. Go on Blue Chew. Uh, try and order their product. Type in the code Rogue Opinions in the promo code and print screen whatever error code you get up <laughs> and uh, send that to Scott. What's your Twitter? Just read it out for us. It's uh, let me just see. It's the uh, at CapDave91. Okay, so send it to that, and they will send you a copy of uh, 28 Weeks Later on iTunes uh, if you send that to them, and it is successful. But guys, what is your plan for the zombie apocalypse? Scott, you must have thought about it at some point, being uh, a human. What would your plan be? 
I think, well, I did think about it because I used to watch The Walking Dead back when it was tolerable. And then for a while, when it stopped being tolerable and then, like, made the sound decision to stop watching it. I don't know. I think I do a lot of what I'm doing now and that just basically staying inside as, as, as much as possible. Just I mean, I live, up, I, live, I live, like, up two or three different flights of stairs. I'm on the top floor of, like, the building I live in. So I think I can buy myself a bit of time because I don't know if it's been established how good zombies are at stairs. So, you know, I think that buys me a bit of time. Provides you a bit of time. Smart, smart. Jimmy, what's your plan? I trust you. You've probably got something insane already planned out and you're about to throw it at us. Um, all right. So let's let's start with day one. Day one is the most important part of any <laughs> of any zombie survival uh, thing. This is the day where you're going to run out like a mad person, go to the nearest house that you know has guns, kill the people inside and steal their weapons. Then you go down to the nearest supermarket, just start grabbing shit off by the handle, like by the the arm length, no matter what the fuck it is, get it in there, stock up on your toilet paper and shit, because this is when you're actually going to need all the toilet paper in the store, ladies and gentlemen, not now, then. So then you do all that and you steal the cart, obviously, because you've taken so many things. So you go there and you have your guns and your food and you get home and then you just start duct taping the door closed, duct tape it closed, because you don't want to make very much noise zombies are out there do a sweep of your apartment uh just to make sure that like your roommate that was coughing the week before now isn't suddenly like overtaken with the uh with the the the, the taste for human flesh and obviously birds and all that shit um then once you've done all that and you're secured in your house day three because day two is a wash you're just gonna spend it huddled up in your room masturbating and eating your uh your snacks and whatnot, and playing with the guns, and watching old YouTube videos if the internet is still... I'm assuming the internet will still work for three weeks. That's a big part of my plan. Um, then uh, you need to clear the immediate area around your building, so that depending on whatever level of the building you're on, you can secure the outside of the building, uh, move your fire escape from the side of the building that it's on to directly underneath your window, just in case you need to make uh, like a daring escape. Um, and then also lay it with traps because zombies are stupid and they don't check for traps. Now, day 15 is like possibly one of the highest pressure days. This will be the one time that you need to go out and you need to get medical ointment, medical ointment, because you have scarred your dick up from, from masturbating so much because you are stuck in the house and now the internet is pretty much down. So there's like nothing left. You got to do medical ointment and ammo for the for the weapons because you've gotten drunk you've wasted all of your ammunition so it's just like day one but you're a little sore and it's pretty much like that uh until the day you inevitably get caught by the zombies and you're murdered love it that was a lot more detailed than scott's answer so i'm glad i got more out of that than that uh what would mine be like thanks for asking uh day one kill everyone near you Day one and a half, forget all your loved ones, they're dead already. <laughs> Just presume they're dead. Day one and a half also is ransack all the shops. Forget toilet paper, that's what all the fucking scrubs are going for. Grab the tin goods, the tin goods last forever. Whatever they are, prunes, raspberries, don't give a fuck. Um, Just grab whatever's in a tin and then just live out the rest of your life. Like, it ain't going to last long. 
just accept that. Listen to all your podcasts. You got backlogged. Uh, at Rogue underscore opinions. Check back through the archives. And um, yeah, everyone that you love is probably already dead. Accept it. And just accept it and move on. Yeah, accept it, move on, turn to religion, it's fine, whatever. And uh, just forget it. it they're, they're dead, Scott. They're already dead. Uh, yeah. I, oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't so know how to respond to that, Nathan, I'll be honest with you. I it's it's fine. It's not much different. Like to be honest, uh it probably takes you like two weeks to notice given where you live. Yeah, very much. I don't speak like, to my neighbors on it as it is. You know what, honestly, this is a genuine thought that I had during all this whilst Jimmy was um Scott, I hate to steal this term, but rambling. And um You is have that, I, for an epic plan yeah i asked for a plan i asked for a plan not a novel and um i don't speak to my neighbor i don't speak to my neighbors either i don't know what my neighbors are i know that one of them's a vet and that's about all i know about them like do you know a lot you don't know a lot about your neighbors either i know i know a considerable amount of uh, uh about my neighbors i'm a people watcher it's what i do I know enough about them, I just don't feel the need to interact with them that much on a daily basis. Like, I know enough about them. Like, I I, I see them often enough because, like I said, I'm always on the top floor, so it seems at least one of them will be randomly hanging about on the landing as I'm walking up or down the stairs. So, I see them often. When you you say top floor, how big is your building? Uh, It's just like a demo. There's like three three floors. There's a ground floor, first floor, second floor. Three on each side, so not that big a building. Jimmy, how big's your building? Like three floors. Three floors? Okay. Mine's just a house. Oh, look at you. Oh, look at you. (laughs) So I got an inside toilet as well. Oh! Fucking Tory. A what? An inside (laughs) toilet? (laughs) Yeah. You no, have an outside as, as 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 opposed to a what an outside toilet. As opposed to like the hut from like Shrek. I'm You're still a... I'm still shitting and pissing in bags and throwing it out the window when I'm done. Oh, I've got an I've got a toilet is inside my house. <laughs> listen to you. Yeah, okay, listen. I have to and listen to me. So Scott, you 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 just have a. Twitter's what outside your building? Yeah, fuck it, why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Jimmy, I believe he's throwing shit out his building. He doesn't even have health insurance, probably. But like... no, I don't. I do not. I do not. He just throws okay. it. He's throwing the bag through his window. He's aiming for pigeons as he throws it out. That was I hit. Big. I hit one last week. With, <laughs> a heavy, with a heavy bag of like dumps, just bang. That was meant to be a joke that became accidental reality. <laughs> <laughs> we made it reality. We made it, yeah, reality. Uh, quick little, um, quick little happy news uh, of the day. Um, while uh, humans carry out social distancing, a group of fourteen elephants broke into a village in the Yunnan province looking for corn and other food. They ended up drinking thirty kilograms of corn wine and got so drunk that they fell asleep in a, ne- a nearby tea garden. Uh, <laughs> I have. Another- 
Scott, I presume you listen to that sentence and have kind of a lot of questions about it. I do. Cool. Can I go first and then I'll pass it over to you? Ask away. The Yunnan province? Yunnan. What's that? Uh, Yunnan province, I believe, is in China. Oh, Scott, over to you. No, I'm just like, I'm just trying to picture the idea of like 14 pissed elephants, to be honest with you. And I'm just I imagine like an elephant stumbling, trying to pretend it's not drunk to the other elephants, but then realizes the other elephants are drunk yeah. as well. So it could be let back into spoons. If you check, <laughs> if you check the, uh, the group chat, you can see a picture of said elephants in the tea garden. These elephants look pink. Yeah, obviously this sums up my next question, which was tea garden. It's China. It's like mostly tea gardens. Oh, okay. We're just presuming that. Yeah, honestly, I don't have any other questions. Jimmy, uh, Scott, sorry, you got any more? Nope, I think Jimmy's explained it. I think the picture that he sent us really explains everything. So pink elephant stampeded a tea garden, stole the tea. We're all meant to be glad about that. It's adorable, Nathan. Dumbo tried to warn us the pink elephants would be on parade, and they were. And then they'll drink all your corn wine or whatever. Yeah, that was my other question, corn wine. I wasn't aware that there was a thing called corn wine either, but, uh, you know, cool. I it's guess fine. if you ferment anything, you can make anything, anything. Yes, yeah, Scott lives in Scotland, so yeah. yeah. That's why the we've discussed, that's why all the fruit and stuff uh, got bought up. How's White Claw? Awful. Uh, do you actually drink it? I have had it because, um, actually, it's funny, a lot of wrestlers drink White Claw. Yeah, because it's cheap in there. Yeah. Well, it's also <laughs> low on calories, so you can get drunk and like not have as many calories as maybe drinking a beer or a cider or something. It, it's just yeah. like, a, like a lick, like a malt liquor with, uh, with seltzer essentially. And it's awful. It's really dreadfully awful. Yep. The other day I, on Paul's like recommendation, cause he knows far more about alcohol than I do. Uh, he convinced me to pour half of a can of monster energy and half of a strombo dark fruits into the one glass. Smart. And it was actually a lot better than I thought it would be. Yeah, that is good. Um, I'm not going to pretend I've never done that. That that's that's smart, smart business right there. And uh, if we survived, if we survived for full strength for loco, then we can survive the coronavirus. And just oh. like combining Monster Energy Drink and Strongbow Dark Fruits, which I I happen to know is like a like an alcoholic beverage of some kind. And, uh, yeah, it, that sounds delicious, but also blackouts happen. So, you know, we survived for Loco. Why not? Fuck it. Ladies and gentlemen, let me thank you, uh, Jimmy, for that accidental segue. Let me take you to fourlocostories.com. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and I read as quote, and I will read this verbatim. So any accidental... Uh, grammar mishaps please tweet ben underscore ebert so one night i went on a booze cruise around lower manhattan with some friends it was an open bar so we were all completely hammered on the way back to town we decided to get four locos 
and go out to the bar for a few drinks. I remember starting my second four loco and then I woke up to a beeping noise. I opened my eyes and saw myself hooked up to all these heart monitors with two RV, two IVs question mark in my arms. I immediately freaked out and tore everything off me. The nurse came run, running and in screaming. So I screamed back at them, demanding to know what had happened. They said I already told them when I was brought in on a stretcher. Full stop. <laughs> they told me, <laughs> comma, the grammar's all over the place. Over the place. Sorry, I presume they were already, they drunk another one, maybe. Uh, they told me that when I told them what had happened was I got drunk, lost my friends and phone died. I left the bar, walked to my car and decided I was too drunk to drive home. So decided to lay down on the ground beside my car and take a nap to sleep it off. Apparently, a cop making the rounds came over and woke me. He asked if I was okay, and I replied, yes, just too drunk to drive, so i rather sleep. He asked me if I needed to go to the hospital. I asked him if they have water at the hospital. After he assured me there was water at the hospital, I demanded that I needed to be taken to the hospital so he called me an ambulance upon leaving the hospital i heard a familiar voice freaking out just as i had earlier i peeked in the room and saw it was my friend asking what the heck had happened to him the nurse asked if we knew each other we said yes she put her hand over her head and said this said same story except this guy wanted to know if hospitals had beds and there you go. So like I said, ladies and gentlemen, if we survived for Loco, we will survive the coronavirus. For Loco is... For, it, it, first off, for Loco, and that's F-O-U-R-L-O-K-O stories.com is an incredible website where you can hear things like this from Alexander. Four Locos made me shit my pants. Cheat to my wife and buy 2k worth of potato chips online. That's it. Was this all in one night? Dude, this website is incredible. <laughs> who would who would fuck somebody with shit in their pants and a $2000 bill for potato chips? You live in New Jersey. Okay, fair. Fair. Yeah. I so, I I rescind my my comment. Thank oh. thank you. Hello. Sorry about that. I thought that happened. <laughs> you, probably heard, you probably heard something too close to the truth. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if you got that message in the group chat. I was hearing your story about the person lying down on the ground because they were too drunk and then my computer went funny. So I, I kind of got lost from the chat, from the call for a bit. Jay on fourlocostories.com wrote, to all the haters who don't drink loco, we're going to make them eat our shit. Then shit out our shit. Then eat their shit, which is made up of our shit, shit that we made them made eat. Meat. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a <laughs> line from... For loco. <laughs> that's, that's made up from... Uh, that's a line from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay. Are we, are we not recording anymore then? <laughs> Well, anyway, Jimmy, you seem pretty inconsolable at the moment. What's up? Uh, well, thank you for that that rousing introduction, Nathan. As always, um, 
The world of NFL football has changed, or as you guys like to refer to it, American soccer. If you like to, <laughs> if you like to believe that that's, the NFL that's, that's was the, true. I wasn't talking to you, Nathan. We, wasn't we, talking. No, we, uh, we we call it don't care. Well, remind remind me of that when you're wearing a Jaguars uniform in a couple of years when the cons bring uh, the Jaguars over to London. I um, won't. I won't. <laughs> okay. Um, so the world of NFL football, if you thought that after all of this, you know, pandemic nonsense and people dying and whatnot, that the NFL was going to bring you back in with open arms and just be like, hey, man, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be fine. And as a Patriots fan, I thought Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were going to be there with open arms. And of course, Belichick, his sleeves are cut off and they were just going to embrace me and say, again, we're going to win one more. We're going to win one more for you. And we know it's been hard. But if you've been paying attention to anything that's been going on lately, uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady had a meeting last week that didn't go well. And now Tom Brady's a goddamn Tampa Bay Buccaneer. What? What? I'm just so confused. I, I didn't think that maybe he was going to go to, like, if he didn't stay with the Patriots, I thought maybe he would go to the Raiders or the Chargers. But Tampa Bay? Tom Brady is the first person in the history of the world to make themselves a Florida man on their own merit. Like just, I, this is where, this is where I belong. This is where I want to be. I don't know. I'm just pretty, I'm pretty upset about it. And I'm not going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan now because fuck the Bucs. Um, I'm still going to be a Patriots fan, but it's just losing Tom Hurts. Losing Tom Hurts. That's so good, Jimmy. Thanks, thanks for that, uh, <laughs> Scott. What do you think? Like, out of out of four, what do you think? Like on a scale? Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, this is this information has just really hit me like a truck. I mean, I need time to to really process how I feel about this. This is just so emotional. Thank yeah. you for taking this seriously, Scott, as it should be taken. Thank you. Of course, that's of course, fine. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't lie about how I'm feeling right now because, because for whatever reason, about you know not caring deep down. I wouldn't do that to you, Jimmy. Thank it's, you, Scott. It's fine. You know what, Scott? Take the time because this feels like big news, and within the next uh, kind of ten days, we're going to do that review of um, uh, Velocipasta. So we'll open with your thoughts on Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. So save them up for us. I will. I, I hope I can. It won't take me any less than fifteen minutes to fully, comprehensively explain how how I feel about this. Yeah, um, and I'll express it. Like I don't really know how, but you know what? You know when you kind of hang something up in your home, and then a couple of weeks later you realise it's slightly crooked. Uh, no, ser- uh, seriously, that that fucking gets under my skin. I've yeah. done that plenty of times. I've had to like totally take nails out of walls. Um, there's been many holes put in my wall just how frustrated I've been over that sort of thing. It's it's aggravating. No, it's not an issue to take lightly. Like, and there's a support number as well that you can find if you need that. So um, for stuff that's crooked in your home, 
So, uh, and it's not an issue. It's not a laughing matter. So, uh, Jimmy just expressed that very aggressively, and <laughs> which I didn't expect. But um, again, uh, New Jersey, everything's yeah. pretty aggressive. You know, in the room I'm sat in right now in my home, there's a, there's a Merry Christmas card that's still up. <laughs> And that isn't a joke. <laughs> there actually is. And uh, I just feel like, Jimmy, you would be super bothered by that. I am rather bothered by that. You know, it's it, fucking March. Yeah, I've just noticed it. And um, it, it's still there. It's Does it not quite... arrive until January and you're just being polite? What the hell is happening with this? No, I'm about to send it to you guys. Like it's still I've only just noticed it. Like I'm sat in a very obscure room of my manor of a uh, home and the, the, I've just sent it to you guys. There's a, there's quite clearly a um sorry about the shit so oh, I, hang on, let me send that again, that sent it really poorly. Um so that, doesn't look like, that doesn't look like a Christmas card at all. Yeah, I don't know why that's so super zoomed in. Um my phone's being uh, slightly a dick so slightly a dick which is what Scott calls a dating life and uh hardy har har hardy har 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 hardy hardy har har hardy har 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 the camera on my phone's being a bit of an arsehole this but... is peak podcasting by the way guys this is like top notch <laughs> podcasting Joe Rogan, watch your back. Here comes Rogue Opinions. You know what? Every, everyone takes the piss out of me on this podcast because I'm going to leave all this bit. I do all the fucking editing <laughs> on these podcasts to make them make concise sense. But there you go. There is genuinely a Christmas card. Yeah, Hold on a minute here. I, a, I did a lot of editing here in the early months of Rogue Opinions. And I would do more if, you, if I were allowed. Like, I always offer to edit podcasts. I'm not, Scott, I won't argue with you because I don't want to edit it out. But yes, yes, you did. Well, I mean, okay. I want that that on the fucking record here. I'm going to edit it out. I (laughs) I think the Christmas card is actually really great to have there because you literally have nothing else up in your room. No, I'm I'm in a very strange room of this building. There's the printer is in this room. Basically, I have too many rooms, so I'm sat in the quietest one. Listen to fucking fucking Prince William over here. Jesus fucking Christ. Is that a pipe next to the whatever that is? Huh? Is that a pipe on the side of your wallet? Is that a big long thing? Which one? Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a there's this like, heating pipe going up it. That's just copper piping for, like, heating and shit. You've heard of heating, right? I've I've heard fairy tales of it to get up to bed at night. Yeah, that's just copper pipe in flight. I presume it must be the heating. Yeah, it's probably heating, but I yeah, don't know. that's it's a just... that's a that's a charger. There's a USB charger plug next to it. Um, that white and blue thing beneath the card is a tin of standing up. Uh, <laughs> Nivea, Nivea, like chapstick shit, and then. Yeah. Who needs, who needs, who needs fucking audible when you've got this? This is the descriptions Nathan is giving you. Basically, there's a piece of furniture right now that would probably cost you 
60 quid in Ikea that I'm just fucking wasting. Yeah, no, you really are. Like, just, just, on Chris, just on a Christmas card. I couldn't even tell you who that Christmas card's to. It might be to me. I'm going to go find out. I'll be back in a second. This I mean, is, again, top-notch podcasting. Tell her about radio here. I mean, you, I cannot stress in this photo how much it looks like he's just moved into this house. Like, he, and he's probably lived here for years. It literally looks like... Like, you can't throw a couple of books on that shelf or, like, a poster up on the wall or... Jeez Louise. I mean, I have, think. A, I have a similar-looking, like, kind of... Like, thing that he's he's wasted. I have a similar thing looks like that. And I've got it filled with fucking Funko Pop figures, so... Yeah, I have a, a shelf that's like that, too, and it's, like, filled to the brim with DVDs. Mm-hmm. I can't... Af- I can't afford dvds or funko pops yeah because you rented a fucking house well a manor (laughs) (laughs) to nathan merry christmas and happy new year from sandra and family who the fuck is sandra why do you want to know can i just can i just say something it's a weird pet peeve I have about Christmas cards. Is I hate like, Christmas cards, so whatever you're about to say, I'm with you. I don't like this whole, to Sandra and family, if you're throwing it to a group of three or four people, write everybody's fucking name. Because no, don't. Stop I, I, sending I, them. I have a thing where I've, I live mainly with my brother, my older brother, my mum and my dad, and people will keep sending us cards to say, Veronica, David, and the boys. It's not going to take you much longer to write our fucking names. Just stop like, sending cards. On another... Cards such a... F- cards... Hot take. Cards are a fucking waste of money. Stop sending them. They're bullshit. I hate cards. Clearly. Well, yeah. I mean... that's. I, I mean, I'm not getting the clearly from that, Scott. I think the fact that he left it up for four fucking months is... Uh, a stunning indictment. <laughs> I don't on... cover this room a lot. <laughs> like... <laughs> Obviously, there's fucking nothing on the walls. You have yeah. nothing on your... <laughs> this room is exclusively because it's quiet. It's you exclusively you for talking to you, assholes. You didn't even bother putting a fucking ream of paper on there for the printer that's in there. And you're, no, you're, bitching, about, you're right. bitching about a fucking Hallmark card? No. These people love you. There, there's paper in the printer. It just has a tray that's not seeable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, the printer works. Mm-hmm. The printer works and that card works. I think you're just down in one of your many servants' like rooms in your manor. No. You've I, don't have, out. I don't have servers because I'm not paying them during this virus. <laughs> oh, okay. My bad. That's why you have the room to podcast down there. Because it was your servants' quarters, but now it's your podcasting studio. Because it's quiet, because there are no servants around cleaning your many, many unused and underutilized rooms. No, they're at home, apparently tending to their quote-unquote vulnerable relatives. And the boys. (laughs) (laughs) The boys are dead. (laughs) No! Not the boys! (laughs) Yeah, can we hurry us along? It's cold in here. 
You got that okay. heating pipe fucking working overtime for you, asshole. <laughs> I'm not paying for heating during a pandemic. <laughs> You're not paying for much of anything, are you? No, I don't even pay for this beer that I paid for. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. So, so uh, story that you wanted to share with us <laughs> here on the yeah. podcast while we limp over the finish line back yeah. into our bubbles. Scott, you wanted to talk about rich assholes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, story. I really feel like I worry that I've picked, we picked up the story, Jimmy, because Nathan, you know the story I'm about to tell, but no, you wait. You you can't big this story up enough. This story is spectacular, and for all of you people, there's a lot of people out there that love pranks. Mm-hmm. This is the greatest prank of all time, and it's one of those things that I'll explain at the end. Like it's to do with Eric Bischoff, the story he told on his E3 Weeks podcast. It was this podcast episode from a few weeks ago. It was there his review of Clash of the Champions 30. From January '95, uh, I usually listen to 83 weeks quite regularly, but I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I'm quite behind on 83 weeks. So I was listening back while I was out today, and he told this story. It was because they were in Caesar's Palace and they were part of this big media convention while they're out there, and the WWE was there as well. And uh, Conrad was telling uh, Bischoff the story about how Vince was annoyed that WCW had seemingly showed them up. But then Bischoff told an even better story to do with the WWF and that apparently he and I can't remember the guy he was doing this with. Nathan, do you remember the guy he was talking to? Like the guy he made this prank with? I don't, to be honest. Like I did listen to this at uh, at the time that the podcast was released, but this was a few weeks ago. So sorry, Scott, I can't remember who it was. Well, it's worse for me. I listened to it. I listened to it today and I can't fucking remember his name, but. It was somebody he was in town with as part of the convention and they knew that Vince was going to be coming in in a few days for the thing convention and uh, they knew where he was going to be staying and so they called up and basically cancelled Vince's room. They cancelled uh, Vince's hotel room because they knew that all the hotels would be booked months in advance. Uh, so if you try to get another hotel like the day he arrived when he found out that his hotel had room had been cancelled he basically wouldn't be able to get another hotel room and like even though they knew how jealous it was basically Eric Bischoff phoned the hotel Vince Man was going to be staying at and cancelled Vince's room <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was some conven- it wasn't an event it was a convention of some kind it was like uh, something that we we, we present TV shows to syndication and because also, both companies are like weekly TV shows. Yeah, were... it was something like that. It was, yeah, I can't, there's a name for it uh, that they were talking about throughout the show, but it was some convention where all the networks convene and present week their television products. And Eric Bischoff cancelled Vince McMahon's hotel room, <laughs> which is the greatest prank of all time. Like, yeah. you can't top that. <laughs> Can you imagine Vince having to find out that he has to stay at some fucking Motel 6 or like a motor lodge of some kind like after he's prepared to stay in this nice ass hotel but now he just can't like uh, god like, damn it oh it's unreal that's incredible I, I remember listening to the story while I was in the shots and thinking like how have we not heard the story before 
and Bischoff even said himself he was he was expecting to hear people talking about it and hear sort of blowback from it. And he, his assumption was basically Vince just no sold it because he didn't want everybody to know how embarrassed he probably was. Oh, it's because yeah, it is a hundred percent because Vince no sells everything. I bet Vince, from what we know about Vince McMahon, and obviously neither neither of us, neither three of us, sorry, have ever met the man, but he would probably rather stay in a tent on the side of a road than tell people this happened. From what we from what we get told about him, but it was incredible just hearing Eric Bischoff just say. And again, I can't. You're right. There was someone else heavily involved and i can't remember who it was <laughs> just cancelling his hotel room is incredible because <laughs> like... more of this story you know that somebody had to have been with vince like patterson or maybe pritchard was there when they was checking in somebody has to tell the story of vince's reaction because as much as he would want people to know he's embarrassed you know vince being the way he is didn't take this well like the idea of basically somebody saying like We've got no like reservation for a room under your name. Like you, you already know he probably was screaming and bawling at the man that's his fucking supervisor or something. Oh, hundred percent. But mm-hmm. I can't remember what episode of Eighty Three Weeks that is, but it's an incredible. Uh, it was Clash of the Champions. Thirty was from like a oh, few okay. weeks. Ago. I can't remember how long ago it was, but it was so a few Clash weeks. of the Champions. Thirty. Go give that a listen and hear Eric Bischoff. Talk about how he cancelled Vince McMahon's hotel room. It is truly incredible. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, was that the best story you ever heard? <laughs> uh, it's definitely in the uh, uh, in it's definitely in the hallowed halls of the best stories I've ever heard. Now locked away into my brain forever. Uh, it was it that is a really classic. Uh, practical joke to play on a billionaire uh, because it really doesn't matter because he could go anywhere else he wants or he could sleep in his limo or he could go up to one of the other wrestlers rooms knock on their door and just be like get out or you're fine well he wasn't a billionaire at the time because this was like the late 90s multi-millionaire you guys think he had to like like as Bishop said it would be impossible for him to get another room in most of the good hotels because obviously things would have been booked well in advance. I want to hear a story about Vince having to bunk with somebody. I want to hear him like how to share a hotel room with some of the wrestlers. Like, Spooning up to br- fucking Bruce Pritchard. Him, Bruce Pritchard, and Pat Patterson all sharing one bed, all putting together for warmth. Who do you think's in the middle of that? Well, Pat Patterson would insist on being <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Scary Patterson, isn't it? I was going to say Vince, but then I think about it, come on, out of the three, when Yeah. He's gonna be like, "Don't wait, guys. I'll be in the middle." Oh, last remember- time he got—he just goes. Last time this happened, guys, I was in uh, Puerto Rico and I was winning the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, because remember- Pat Patterson suddenly from County Kerry. Obviously, what the hell? Where the fuck is Pat Patterson suddenly from? <laughs> He's a jolly old gay man. I just assume that they all just sort of sound like that. Wait, I, like- <laughs> My, my main reason for saying he would be in the middle is I recently watched uh, King of the Ring 2000 back with the Hardcore Evening Game match, and I remember Pritchard saying that Patterson basically had already picked his dress out, and the few within a few seconds of basically them telling him what the match was going to be. <laughs> Been waiting 30 years for this opportunity. Basically, like when you watch it on screen, 
you see how uncomfortable uh, Briscoe is and how much Patterson's loving it. Basically, that is exactly how it apparently was backstage as well. <laughs> like, people all in the meeting, like, so uh, who's going to tell uh, Briscoe about this? Uh, I'm sure um, Briscoe loved it. He got to advertise his uh, mechanics. Was it a mechanic? Or body workshop? Whatever it was. It was some sort of body shop. Uh, the Briscoe, yeah, Briscoe Brothers Body Shop, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of a body shop, uh, we've got the Rogue Opinions Anniversary coming up soon uh it might be coming up sooner if wrestlemania ends up being cancelled but hopefully it won't it'll be coming up on the actual date which none of us know by heart so don't ask us yeah, and maybe uh, something all right may uh we got some categories though so do we want to just spitball some of those before we ride off into the sunset as steve austin would say uh we hey. got the lee pace man of the year Damn right. Yeah, we've none got, of these to be disclosed. Uh, I've got some of them here. I, we have the Lacey Evans Woman of the Year Award. Yeah, uh, important. I, I was thinking we try and crown the biggest big-timing fuck of our, of our <laughs> Hall of Fame nominees the last year. Yeah, yes, the, yes. That's it. That's, that's the award that everyone wants to win. <laughs> uh, I was going to say... Let's try and let's, I was gonna say voting for best punishment, but I have a bad feeling I know what one's gonna win. Yeah, you've already won. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, and the only nominee in four separate categories for best punishment of the year, Scott McCloud for this one. Scott McCloud for this one. Scott McCloud for Ready to Rumble. And Scott McCloud for <laughs> I was not on the Data Rumble, by the way. I don't fucking open. remember any of these things. Yeah. I think you were on them. You were on them all. Scott, no, Nathan's uh, on the majority of them. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I lose all the predictions. The only time I've won the predictions contest, Jimmy, is when I was tagged with you and Reese. You see, Jimmy, that's the kind of anchor that's weighing you down heading into WrestleMania. Pretty much. <laughs> he's the uh, the he's the Seth Rollins of the Shield. And uh, no, the coronavirus of the celebrations of more than 50. Oh, jeez. God oh, damn it. Don't even, we were supposed even, to end on a happy note, Nathan. God damn it. Don't even put my Christmas cards away. <laughs> <laughs> I have so, so many questions. But we're out of time, ladies I'll, and gentlemen. Ask Thank us. you so no, much. We're, we're not out of time. We've got like, like we've got 90 minutes left on this three-hour recording time that actually isn't real. <laughs> as it turns out, you can upload as many times time as you want. What's your question about my Christmas card? Uh, first of all, why? Second of all, because I don't come in this room a lot. Mm, so like you podcast from there. Yeah, I do. So, but so you do go into that room a lot? Well, not really. We don't do that many podcasts. No, no. You're suspicious. Like You're suspicious of my room. Do you, do you want me to show you other stuff that's in this room? There's I, a printer. Based on the picture you sent me, it doesn't look like very much. It looks like that's where you plan out your next like murder or whatever. There's nothing on the walls. That you made you made your your uh, your servants move out because I can't. Have, I don't have servants in I your manor. I can't put stuff on the wall because it's a rented property. There's a printer in here. What yeah. what what a WrestleMania team it says he 
One keep won't put away his bloody Christmas cards. The other keeps his bread in the fridge. I mean, this is oh, no, 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 we, we don't need to talk about bread. Bread in the fridge. Fuck right off. That's bullshit. It keeps it fresh for a few extra days. For what? For what purpose? So that it doesn't get mold, and I have to throw some of it out, Nathan. No, because you're making it moisture-ridden, so it's gonna Hold get on. moldy quicker. Hold on, one sec, Nathan. Can can you come over here real quick? Just talk to me in the corner, real quick. Just real um, quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. All right, this, all right, all right, all right. Got this, it. This is exactly what Scott and Paul want. Okay, they're gonna uh, let's make them believe that we're in here and we're arguing and stuff, and then when we destroy them at WrestleMania, which is now a two-day event. That will even will be even better. Two for days. Two day event. Fuck's sake! I'm not. Oh, all right. Are we making predictions across both days? Oh, yeah, are we I doing? Are we doing one day and then a separate day and then two results? No, I think overall. Like I think it would just be an overall sort of thing, right? Okay. Like Scott, I'm, Scott, if you had to, if you had to find out, like if you had to do the Scott. <laughs> no need to shout, I'm right here. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't realize he was right there. Sorry. Scott! <laughs> Just Scott! He's like, what? I'm right here. <laughs> Is he right there? Can he hear us? Can you hear us? You can hear us? Hang on. Scott! Molly John Cena, can you not see me here? <laughs> oh, shit, he's right there. So, right, he's now so that tidy. WrestleMania is a two-day event, would you do the predictions for each day, or would you do it overall? I was going to say, like... Scott! Oh, <laughs> shit, sorry, I didn't realize. Can fucking stop that? He's so tiny. Sorry, I didn't realize. People don't realize how small Scott is. All anyway. That, all that protein. <laughs> they don't have fruit in Glasgow. <laughs> they I, have uh, just no sorry, I had Scott, a typical orange Scott, one no, no Scott I'll put you on the table it's fine I'll pick you up oh, he's, he's, so, <laughs> he's so delicate he's like a sticking set uh, Scott let me just bring the mic to you Scott is rest, are we doing predictions like it's, two, it's a two day Ooh. it's a two day event sorry his ears are tiny I get those from my father Anyway, so yeah, your I... tiny, tiny little father, yeah, and he... your father's father, who was even smaller than he was. Oh, that's I'm so. Not, that's I'm not. Right. I'm not from a family of fucking leprechauns, Jimmy. No, he's made of haggis, not potato. <laughs> okay, so Scott, would you do overall or for each day? Because if we do for each day, I'm thinking we could end up tying. Yeah. No, I think doing it like an overall thing because yeah, because it'll be interesting. Like if you come out of day one with some with like what you guys say like one ahead of us, then it creates more tension going into day two. So overall, I think it's best like as long as we make it like as long as the predictions are posted by like the Friday, I think before because it's gonna be the Saturday and Sunday. So as long as like the predictions are in and like shared on Twitter or something like that with like plenty of time ahead. And you can find those predictions the Friday before WrestleMania over on at SP Rambling on Twitter for Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast and for Rogue underscore Opinions for our Twitter uh, for Rogue Opinions. That's yeah. That's I, a quality. That's a quality fucking plug right there, gentlemen. Because that would get me off the table if it's too high. <laughs> yeah, so Scott, I'll put you down. I couldn't hear you because I'm a vegetarian. 
but I saw your mouth move. So uh, off you That's go. Back in your mouse hole. Oh, that, yeah, that's so great. Yeah, he, he picked up an iron brew. <laughs> so lovely. A tiny, tiny little iron brew. It's lovely to help out the mentally challenged. <laughs> and thank uh, you, ladies and gentlemen, for helping out three mentally challenged people sit through a two-hour podcast and hang out with you guys during during all of this bullshit that's going on. Just remember, guys, don't freak out. Don't be an asshole. You know, like, we're going to get through this. We survived Four Loco. We survived Justin Bieber. Now look at him. We beat him into submission, ladies and gentlemen. Now he had to marry a Baldwin. Okay? We're a good... We're, we're not a humble people, but we are a, we are a fantastic people. Uh, here in the United States and abroad, the UK, the, the Asian countries that are suffering through this, Italy, where our hearts go out to you. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Well, they're all, Italy's all trapped in their, their homes. I'm sure that when they're done <laughs> screaming at each other from their, from their balconies, they'll listen to the Rogue Opinions podcast. Italy, which, according to Jimmy, is now in Asia. There was a comma in there. <laughs> you couldn't see it or hear it, but it was there. It was there, goddammit. Um, but yeah, I'm over at Mr. Riot on Twitter. That's M-R-R-I-0-T. Uh, go to the... Uh, YouTube and Facebook pages of Pro Wrestling Magic uh, to find Monday Morning Magic, all of our free match content that's going up. We have a couple brand new shows that we're going to be releasing uh, during this crisis because obviously we can't do very many episodes of Monday Morning Magic basically from my apartment. So we have to figure out how to do a couple other little things and we're going to figure that out very shortly. Uh, And if you go over to Synergy Wrestling uh, on Facebook, they did a 24-hour uh, watch party over on Facebook with a bunch of different promotions, and uh, one of those was Pro Wrestling Magic. You could watch uh, Kingdom Come 4, our most recent WrestleMania-sized show. Uh, I believe that video is still up over on the Synergy Wrestling uh, Facebook page. Uh, Nathan, your plugs? Yeah, fantastic. Go check out everything that Jimmy had just said, especially Monday Morning Magic, which is a favorite of mine personally. Uh, as well, you can check out Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions. Got lots happening over there. Obviously, the Emanation Chamber review, infamous, as I will now call it after this review uh, with myself. And Jimmy, you got this. Obviously, you got the Naked Men podcast with myself as Ben that is up weekly. The Bantam Unit podcast. Talk about sport. Not a lot of sport happening at the moment. Uh, because of all the crisis so not sure if that will be back the year is which i will be hosting that will be back soon with a multitude of guests but otherwise we'll be challenging scott and paul so scott has just become a nemesis of mine so will i give him advertising time who knows uh we'll find out in a second but otherwise just keep updated i'm at nathan greenaway uh we'll keep you up to date with what's going on. Over to you, Scott. Yes, you can find me at Scott You can find myself and Paul, our podcast, at SB Rambling on Twitter. You can check out all of our previous podcasts. We've our most recent one, In Your Gaff 3, is a series we're doing where we look at all the old In Your House shows. And the early ones that are a mixed bag, if that's fair to say. We've got stuff on TNA, stuff on Frasier, our show coming up in a couple of days 
well, we'll be talking about everything that's happening with WrestleMania as well as some more Frasier. And, well, we're just going to be formulating our plan over the next few weeks. It's impressive how he shouts so loud for someone so tiny. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, boys, thank, thank, thank you so much, guys, for lasting through this. Hopefully we've give you, given you a wee bit of joy throughout all the nonsense. And if not, if we haven't given you any joy, tweet at B-E-N underscore E-B-E-R-T, and he will send you a copy of Hannibal Rising on iTunes, which was a good movie, but a shit prequel which I think sums up this podcast quite well. Damn mm-hmm. right. Yeah, Damn good right. Po- good podcast, shit prequel. What it's a prequel to, nobody knows. Well, but we haven't gonna... gotten to the sequel yet. That's Yeah, why. exactly. But what we do know is Anthony Hopkins will be there. Ooh. So that's a promise. So that's, that's a promise, and nobody breaks a promise like rogue opinions so get ready to be disappointed <laughs> thank you guys for listening speak to you soon bye bye, bye. It's the-